Has anyone ever said to you, you should start your own business? Have you thought about it, but you don't know where to start? Are you sitting on a gift that you know you can monetize? I want to encourage you today that entrepreneurship is an option. Today, we will talk about the journey of self-employment from an entrepreneur and business coach. Entrepreneurship is a great way to build wealth. If you have been considering self-employment, this is the podcast for you. Welcome. This is Donna Watson, owner and CEO of The Legacy Experience, and this is my Legacy Experience podcast. As you know, The Legacy Experience LLC is all about bringing information about estate planning to marginalized and disenfranchised communities, but really to everyone. It's so important, and our goal is to make sure that people are equipped to leave a financial legacy not only for their families, but for their friends and their and their community. So we're excited to have Marquita Miller Joshua on our show today. And she is gonna talk about being an entrepreneur and how you build wealth through self-employment. I'm delighted to have her as my guest today. She is the owner of Five Star Tax and Business Solutions, where she provides income tax services and financial uh, solutions to all of her clients. Marquita is an international speaker and, I, and a member of the National Speakers Association. She's been a, a contributor to Black Enterprise, the International Leadership Summit, the National Urban League, Ewan Kaufman Foundation, and the Internal Revenue Service Department of Treasury. She's a best-selling Amazon-rated author. See, I'm trying to get there, y'all. <laughs> Her book, Faithpreneur, God is Not an Agent for Your Failure, but for Our Success, has sold thousands and thousands of copies. Oh, but she doesn't, she didn't stop there. She has used those principles in that book to create a movement, no more excuses, only results. Well, she travels across the country giving principles of entrepreneurship um, to thousands of people. She has coached thousands of people and helped them on this journey of self-employment. In case all of those accolades kind of went past you and you didn't really, you weren't impressed by any of those, let me just say, this woman is bad. And I am so thankful that she is on my show today, not only to talk about being an entrepreneur, but also to uh, give tips, to just kind of walk us through what that looks like. I'm so happy to just know her, to learn from her, and to be her friend. Oh, and I must give this shout out. She's also my sorority sister and my link sister. <laughs> so Marquita, welcome to the Legacy Experience Podcast. Thank you so very much. I am excited to be here and kudos to you for all the things you're doing with helping um, individuals to create a legacy, to be aware and to take charge and ownership. So kudos to you. You're doing an amazing job um, with this. It's a movement, I consider it. And so you are doing fabulous with it. And congratulations on all of your accomplishments. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. You know, I would like to begin our conversation. So, you know, I've laid out this, this, uh, this list of accolades, all that you've done over the years, and you have uh, gained so much, um, I wouldn't even just call it fame, notoriety. You've become a subject matter expert in this field. But you know, we know that it's a process and it's a journey. And so uh, you started, uh, you were working at a chain tax, uh, tax service company. Tell my audience about that day that you decided to move into uh, self-employment. What did that look like? 
Who did you have to give? You know, you know, I think that, um, you know, there's a saying that I've heard that success leaves clues and purpose also leaves a trail, if you will. And so in that, I was working, um, I actually got introduced to taxes by working for, a, like you said, a large chain. Well, in the midst of that, I began to start doing some taxes on the side, but then I went to work for a, a major corporation in their accounting department. And before I knew it, you know, success keeps finding you. There were employees, I was in the accounting department, so it wasn't a conflict of interest. They started asking me, can you help me with taxes? Before I knew it, I was so busy, I was more busier doing the taxes, the, the taxes and financial plans and budgets and all those things. And some of those things we don't do today because you, as you grow, you fine tune. But in the beginning, that is where it was. And so it started off as a part-time business. And so entrepreneurs can start so many ways. Sometimes people think um, when they, I meet with clients or come into my office, they'll say, you know, I'm just not, I want to just take the leap and just leave my job and give my two weeks notice. And I'm like, well, you know, that's a method. However, there's other methods, there's other strategies. And so I was that one who worked the business on the side while I was employed. Then eventually um, I cut back down on the hours of the employment and increased the entrepreneurship hours. And then eventually I was able to um, switch jobs because I knew that I needed to have more freedom. And I was able to convince that employer to let me be a contractor. And so now I was finding myself in the business full-time with a client that was a, a you know, a, a company that was a major company as a client and it just began to evolve. And so, I mean, in the beginning, it was a desk and a chair in my living room, right? And so now today I am very uh, blessed and so fortunate. I don't take it for granted at all. You know, we have our headquarters here in Kansas City, Missouri, downtown. I have a staff that helps me to get this. I would never be able to do all the things that, that I'm doing now by myself. And so uh, no person is an island. And so I do have a great team that has, um, that continues to help me carry forth the mission and the vision of the organization. Um, but I've also been very fortunate to connect with individuals that pulled us around. That's why I was so honored to be able to do this today because it's these kind of conversations that we have where the light bulb goes on, it's a light bulb moment. And for someone it's like, this is my now, this is my time for me to take, the now may be time to take action. Um, it may be the missing cord. Um, so I was in those kind of rooms and in conversations that were happening like this. And those were the things that would help direct me, right? and say, okay, it's time to take a step. I can remember thinking, okay, I'm working both of these, the business and the job full-time and I don't have any time. I was a mother, wife and a mother at that time. And I was like, I am so busy and I was going to school. And so I remember being in a conference and hearing an empowering message. And um, they said, if not now, when? And I knew that was my call to action. And so there's times like this that there is gonna be a call to action for some. For some, it'll be additional um, information that will help them to continue to build and bridge. For some, it's going to be a call to action. It's going to be very clear. So that's why I love these kind of moments too, because it does meet people where they're at. But it, you know, entrepreneurship looks so very different. I was reading something for 2019. There were 774 businesses started in the United States. Mm -hmm. yeah. 774,000 businesses started in the United States in 2019. So that tells me, and that number has every year increased, not decreased. So there's something to be said about entrepreneurship. And I think the connection, which is the other reason I love what you're doing, because it's connected to wealth. Yes. It's connected with your ability to change your financial situation, not just for yourself. This is what's really powerful, but potentially for your family, 
and for others' families. I mean, the employees that I have that are working for me, this company is providing a paycheck for them. That's, that's allowing them to have resources for their families. When you think about it, it's almost like a in awe. So that's why I, I stay real grateful because I am very grateful because by the same token, I talked about that number that start businesses, the number that closes in that same year mm-hmm. is, is, you know, like 90% of that. So there are some factors and we're going to talk about some of those factors probably today that help you to make sure that you are surviving and uh, thriving, not just surviving, but you're thriving. And so I'm very fortunate that we are coming up on a, this in 2021, we will be in business 21 years. That's amazing. And you know what? I still sometimes feel like we're a little bitty baby still. We're still trying to grow up, you know, but um, it, we've learned a lot along the journey. And so in that, in that conversation, in your response, one thing I really wanted to note, you made the comment that no person is an island. So you have a team. Talk to me about that team and what that team looks like in terms of demographics and skill set. Gotcha. So I like to say in my book, uh, Faithpreneur, I talk about a power team. And so your power team can be made up of your mentors, because I am, you cannot go where you're wanting to go without having someone who's been there. It's very important for you to have people who have been there to help guide you and sometimes to open the door from that standpoint. So I'm very big on mentorship. I'm also very big on the other side of mentee, being the mentor, because you got to give and take, right? But on, and when it comes to the team, you need, obviously, like you, an attorney. Um, you need an accountant. You need those employees. Sometimes there's, um, sometimes when I first started, I didn't have the ability to have employees. So what I did is I had what I call partners that if someone came to me and said, hey, can you do X, Y, Z? In the beginning, I did budgets and financial plans. And people would say, oh, you're so good at it. But it wasn't the thing that I was passionate about. But I did it in the beginning. But as the business now has begun to develop, I was able to find a partner that was passionate about that component and refer that. And so sometimes some of those individuals will be your referring partners, which they're not an employee necessarily. They may have their own company. But in the midst of that, you guys share some commonalities on the way that you do business, your framework, you being, you know, you're a resource and a partner. I consider you because of that. Because when someone comes to me and says, hey, you know, estates, da, da, da. I'm like, oh, I know exactly who you need to talk to. So it's important for you to surround yourself with people that are some many times sharper than you and that know something beyond your scope. Because when you can be a resource for your, your clients, you want them to call you. Most people are like, oh, my phone's ringing off the hook. I don't want the phone. You know, you want them to call you. And even if they know, you want the best thing you can hear is, I know you may not do this, but do you know someone? Because guess what happens now? You have become, you said it earlier, you have become the expert in their mind. Not necessarily of all things, because you don't want to become an expert of all things, but you do want to become an expert of who they can call on to get resources. Because what you don't want to have happen is they go around you for something that you could have done. Because there's times when people will come and say, like in the beginning, they thought, oh, just by the name, five-star tax and business solutions. Oh, you only do taxes. I had someone who came to me the other day and they said, you know, I actually need to get some projections. I'm like, we can do that. That's accounting. So they were like, oh, wow, didn't know that. And so there are other times I have people come and say, you know, I need help with my credit. I don't do that. I got someone who does. So it's important for you to understand. And I like to say this, you have to ask, what does my clients need? What other services do they need? 
not that you have to be all things to all people because I don't I think that could be an error I think that's why one of the reasons that business is closed when you try to be all things to everyone you cannot do everything great and so you need to find people who can do that run that lane and let them run that lane so you can stay in your lane but you want to be you want to know and anticipate what your customers need so you can build a strong foundation around you and in, in return, sometimes those businesses are able to refer you back business. Sometimes it may not make sense, but still, there's going to be enough that will refer you, and it all somehow wa washes out in the wash. But um, my employees, um, you know, I always say this when I was when I finally got to a point to hire, is that I hire for character, and I train for skill. And that has been very a very successful practice for me. I, one of my employees has worked for me for over ten years. Um, consistently. And I will tell you that she was not an accountant when she first came to me, but, but she had good character. You cannot train people for character. You can't train people to be courteous to customers. Customer service is critical. We've all met people who are the, you know, you may go to a restaurant and you're like, this is the best restaurant. The food is great. But if they have poor customer service, at some point you're going to say, you know, it's just not worth it. And so that's why character is a big, it is a, it is a top of our list when we go to, when we hire uh, for employees and team members. And I always say team members because we are teaming together. We're teaming together for the success of our customers. We're teaming together for the vision and we're teaming together for them. It's a buy-in for them as well. And so um, I'm really big on that character piece that it um, models and doesn't have to necessarily mirror who I am because you want people of different disciplines around you and strengths around you because that helps you to be a better person as well um, but you do want people that have the common um, you have some common moral standards together from that and so I try very hard um, to do that that I really enjoyed uh, your response to that Marquita I think that it's so important uh, that team has to be someone that uh, a group of people that you can rely on, yes. skill set, but that that character thing is huge. And you want someone to reflect the brand that you're building. And so I'm so, um, I think our listening audience is really going to have to uh, pay close attention to, to those comments because um, your staff, you're only as good as your staff, honestly, because you can't be absolutely. everything to everyone, right? Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. So let's kind of talk about that. So since you can't be everything to everyone, you have to come up with some type of balance as you're uh, climbing this ladder and you're trying to build your business. I think the tendency for a lot of people who are starting off, they're sole proprietors, right? And so mm -hmm. they just stretch themselves. They're, they're the bookkeepers. They're the um, they're the marketing people and they sales coordinator, right? Right. And they perform the service, right? And so let's talk about that because yes, self-employment is not a nine to five business, but what would be your recommendations in terms of how to keep some balance as you're building your business? Yes, you know, I wasn't very good at that in the very beginning. I will just own that. Um, and I think that it's important to tell people your, you know, some of your struggles as well, because you can others can learn from that. And so I was, my personality is an all-in person. If I'm in, I'm all in. And so starting the business, I was all in. I, but I was also married. I had children, young children. And so there were times that dad would get them from preschool and they'd be on the floor and they have their little McDonald's box and they're, they're in the office at two in the morning because we're getting it. Because I tell you, when you're an entrepreneur, your family is in this with you. It's not just you. The decisions you make impact your family. 
And so everybody's involved in it. And so sometimes my kids would cry when they see, they, did, they didn't know how to, the route to the office when they were little, but they knew the, what the office looked like. They'd be like, no, I don't want to go there because they knew we we're going to be there a long period of time. So I will say, number one, I wasn't really good with that balance in the very beginning because I had to put in the work. You know, and I struggle now being on this side of it. Um, you know, I think that work was necessary. I think there are seasons that you have in your business, right? Yeah. I don't think that you can do that forever. But I think there are seasons. Um, hindsight, I, I do have a little bit of a thought pattern that I think I could have had a better balance to it. I would have hired early or at least got contractors. I could have delegated some things so that I could have done what, every, what I was strongest at instead of trying to do everything in the very beginning, right? And so that would be one thing that I would say, uh, looking back, if you, know, if you can kind of do a, a turn back moment, of advice, I would say find out where you play the strongest at for the company. And my strongest point was business development. I was the, and they call them the sales work, I was the rainmaker. And so instead of being the rainmaker and the technician, <laughs> I should have tried to, I should have hired much faster for the technician. So I could be effective at being the rainmaker from that standpoint. And so, um, and, but I was trying to be the rainmaker, the technician, just like you may mention all of those things. And that um, caused me to have out of balance. And I will say this, some keys, don't be keys to know if you're way out of balance and what we call out of bounds. If you're out, of, it's one thing to be a little out of balance, but it's another thing to be out of bounds. When you start having health issues, out of bounds. Yeah. And so I experienced that. I started having to, I'm just going to be real transparent because I want to help people. Yeah. I started having to take high blood pressure medicine and um, was having anxiety because tax season coming to April 15th, you know, I'd have all these clients. And in the beginning, I didn't have another person to help. So I had to see 700 people before April 15th. And so it was just, I should, it was signs there though, that my pricing was too low. It's another thing. So oh, we're going to talk tip, about that. Oh, yeah. I'm going to give you a tip. When you start feeling like there's not enough time or you're not in a financial position to hire someone and to still be profitable, then maybe there's a sign telling you that your pricing is too low. And I always tell my clients now when I have, you know, consulting and things, I say, don't compete on price. Don't do that because there's always going to be somebody else who can do it cheaper. But what you don't know when they're doing it cheaper, what is compromised is it, or what is lacking or what's changed in the process? I know that I am very, um, one of our benefits for our company is that we're able to explain everything very thoroughly to you to help you to understand it so you can make decisions. Well, someone that's doing it for maybe very cheap, they may not be explaining anything to you. And so that's why they have the ability because they're just like whip it out returned where we want to talk through you about the numbers. Is this correct? Do you realize your tax rate? Things you need to do. We want to have a conversation. That's something different than just whip it out. But in the midst of that, I did what entrepreneurs do. I was like, I got to drop my prices. I got to be competitive so that I can get more people. But in hindsight, what I should have done was raise the price. And that would, yes, would I have lost some customers? Yes, but here's what well, overall. I would have still been more profitable because I would have had the time to deal with those that really valued it. Because guess what? The minute I raised the price, the same thing happened anyway. Those people that weren't, that wasn't uh, fixed to it where they were price sensitive, they were going to leave anyway. That's so right. it would have helped me to free up time. And so that is a myth or an error that a lot of business owners do could go into the marketplace thinking, I'm going to be the lowest person so that people will come to me. And I think you do yourself a disservice because it requires you to have to, um, I call it autocorrect, 
with your customers and teach them why. And sometimes they're like, well, wait, I met you and you were $25. And now we're going to XYZ price, right? And so you don't want to have to retrain them or autocorrect as I like to sometimes refer to it. You want to have, you want to establish. And if you do have to start with what I'll call a lower price, because you're not sure, because sometimes reality is you're not sure where your price point should be. Mm -hmm. Then that's where you say it's an introductory price. It's a pilot program. There's a lot of times, even in the speech, you talked about the reference, me being a speaker. Um, if I get a new topic, um, one of the things that, you know, how you, we've connected, you and I connected several ways. But um, once I became a widow, I lost my late spouse. Um, you were oh, so essential to helping me through that journey of walking through that grief journey and coming out of that and still, still always a journey. People started calling me to speak on widow and grief. Well, that wasn't, I wasn't a subject matter expert. So I would introduce a new price that was not the same price for me to speak on entrepreneurship because entrepreneurship, this is what I know. Yeah. I was walking through that. And so it's okay to have a sliding scale, but I say value yourself enough and understand the value that you bring to the table. And sometimes it's not about time. Entrepreneurs start thinking, you know, it only took me 20 minutes to do that. No, it did not. That's right. Knowledge that you acquired to be able to do it in 20 minutes and the relationships that you have for you to be able to get it accomplished in 20 minutes is what they're paying for. That's you just, you're just happening to get it done in 20 minutes. So I don't like to equate sometimes time to it. In some business models, you have to have a, you know, there's a calculation of time, but um, if there really, no one can pay for the experience, the education, the connections, the knowledge, the wisdom, all of that is packed into that time. And that is valuable. So do not undervalue yourself. Do not get in the market based upon price. Get in the, you want to look at competitive price. And I'm big on SWOT analysis. Um, you want to look and see what is, you know, what are people charging in the market? It's a factor. It plays a factor in your pricing model, but it is not the pricing model. And do you understand now why she is a subject matter expert in entrepreneurship? She gave you all some good nuggets and I hope that you're taking this all in. Thanks so much, Marquita. Now, I want to kind of shift topics. So I know that I grew up in a home where employment was very important. Mm -hmm. You need to go to school, get you a good job, stay on that good job, <laughs> get you some benefits, <laughs> and then, yes. you know, you're a success. And so um, I was in a program that helped to um, place um, minority youth in business and industry and help prepare them for leadership. And so that was my that was my goal to get into an organization an existing organization and to become a leader in that organization uh, as i as i begin to matriculate through my career i then realized it's also important to have independent sources of income right mm -hmm. because um as as well as we can we we tend to do well in these positions we uh, are overachievers. And I know that you have that same kind of spirit, but at any time we can be downsized, right size, you know, yes. for the term where. So how important is it for people to kind of recognize what skills they have and then how to kind of monetize those? Let's talk about that. Yes. Um, I love that. So one of the things I talk about, because, you know, being by trade an accountant is I refer to it as asset analyzation. What I mean by that is what are the assets that you bring to the table? Assets are things that you own, things of value. There's things that um, you 
yes, I like to refer to when you're working for someone, working in a company, if you have the attitude of ownership, even in the company, where you're not just there, you know, when they tell me to get off at five, I'm out of here at five. When you really take your job and you're like, you have ownership of it, guess what? You're still an entrepreneur. You're inter-entrepreneur. You're inter-entrepreneur. You are showing up at that company and you take ownership of the role and the task they've given you. You own that position in that stance. And so that's a great way. I don't want to talk down on employment and employees because I think that, or discourage people, because I think that's what I call it. You can get paid to and paid training because it's something about, um, you know, following and being faithful in another man's venue, if you will, that will help to sharpen you for when you do it for your own. And sometimes it's a great business model, entrepreneurship business model to work full-time for another company and do your business part-time or hire other people to run the business. So that's a whole nother revenue and wealth process. So I don't want to downplay that. But it is important if you are doing that, if you're in the workplace, that you want to look at what are the, um, what are the different skill sets that I have that I've gained as a result of this position. Um, for some people, especially on the East Coast, it was really big that if people worked in the government segment, that they had a lot of consulting ability, that the information that they had, they may not have had a product, if you would, or but the information that they had and how to maneuver government segments and sectors was valuable. So even if they decided to leave or they got downsized or whatever the case is, that information could be translated into another revenue stream. So the knowledge that you gain, um, you want to make sure that, you know, it's some things that you gain and you're doing, it will be a conflict of interest for you to use it. And so I am, a, you know, I do respect those, those, those boundaries, yeah. but also look to see, is it something that the company that you're working at, that you don't have the ability or the freedom or the approval to bring the other side of it and you see that it's a missing link. So let's say, for example, that you're doing, um, you're working at a company and you're doing engineering. I'll just say engineering. And there's another aspect that you think the company could, you know, really benefit from. And you've talked to them, they're not taking it. And it's not a conflict of interest. That may be the reason you're seeing that because that may be your aha moment. So many businesses have been birthed out of someone seeing a solution um, that they see that is valuable, but no one else is acknowledging it. And that's, I mean, there are so many companies that got produced that way. But in the midst of that, it's not a conflict of interest. It's just another way. Maybe it's delivery model. I've talked to people who um, have tutoring business. I have a daughter that has a tutoring business. And she first started tutoring um, for a after-school program. And so she started telling them here, she's what's funny. We don't have to do it this way. We could do this virtually. She was telling them this years before this pandemic happened. And they were like, no, we believe in the face-to-face -face model and da-da-da. And they were not much. Well, guess what she started doing? because distance can be it and timing. Think about all the time that has been freed up from yes. being virtual now. Yes. And so she was able to do people who were, uh, that needed virtual because they didn't do that. It was not a conflict of interest. And so out of that, it birthed her business model out of that. So I think that it's important to understand what are your skill sets? What do people say you're good at? What do people come for you at? Here's another good one. This is really good. Okay. This is what I call money chasing you. You know money's chasing you based upon the questions you get asked that are over and over. So for me, how I came about writing the, my first book, people kept coming to me and saying, how do I start a business? How do I start a business? How do I start? A business? I was like, man, I get this question like 10 times a day. And so when whatever questions you get, stop and figure out how can I package it in a way that I don't have to keep saying the same thing over and over. And for me, 
that started as a CD in the beginning because I didn't have time to sit down and write the book because I already told you I was out of balance. <laughs> and so I was like, I can record this CD and I can give them this CD and make it for $10. And so for people who couldn't afford my consulting, guess what I had? Well, I have a $10 CD. Can you afford that? So now I had an alternative product for those who were like, oh, I can't afford the consultant. And that worked well um, from that standpoint. And then eventually it evolved into a book. So what questions are people asking you? Because it, again, it leaves hints and it tells you some things. It'll lead you to, you know what? I need to focus on that. I keep getting asked it. Or, and, and sometimes it may, for you, you may think, wow, this doesn't have anything to do with what I'm doing. Why am I getting asked this question? It's like right now I have a question that keeps coming up almost about two to three times that people are calling me to speak on a subject that has nothing to do with what I do. And so I'm like, okay, Marquita, do not. You hear, it's like somebody knocking on a door and you're intentionally inside the house and you're not gonna check the door. You're not gonna look out the window and say who it is. So it leaves hints, but I think that it's important to understand what you bring to the table, why you're valuable to your employer and um, what you do well. And when you begin to look at that, you can say, is there something I can do with this? Maybe there's something I can do right now. Maybe you don't, I was talking to a, a lady who's older. She's in retirement. She's actually retired, but she went back to work. And she said, you know, I want to start a business. She said, but I just don't have the time to start the business the traditional way. She said, I, I can't do all this. She said, but what I really do have is the ability to do it. And she said, I love small businesses. I love to see when people start a small business. I love to hear their ideas. I love to coach them and I like to invest in them. She said, I do small loans. And she said, and they're non-traditional and people pay me back um, typically a great percentage. And I said, you have a business model. You're investing in small businesses. You're yeah. a micro lender. And she's like, really? I was just so going to that. <laughs> that is her business now. So she doesn't do it with everybody. Guess what? Because she's done it with a few people and the word of mouth is still best advertising that there is around. And they told other people, told other people, she doesn't have a website. She didn't have a Facebook page. She didn't have a business card, but guess what? She's made over $60,000 mm. doing that. And that's awesome. That's awesome. And something that was not intense, she didn't think she even had. And that was from the return on investment that she's getting here. And for her, she's like that extra 60 is helping her to pay her house off. You'd be happy about that um, from that standpoint. So she's been intentional with that. Sure. For some business owner who's doing it full-time, they'd be like only $60,000. But for her, someone who was like, this is extra income because success, this is a real key too. You got to know what success means for you. For success, for some people, it may be a franchise. You want to franchise your business. You want to have 500 locations, be nationwide. For someone else, that would be suicide because that would be success for them. For someone else, I have another client and she said, you know, this business is outgrowing, is getting too big. She said, I have got to figure out how to scale down. She said, success for me is that it gives me time to spend with my children. She's homeschooling her children. She said, I just wanted to have an extra $45,000 and that was it. She said, I got way too many clients. So we raised her prices. She still got too many clients. So she's now getting ready to only go to exclusive clients. From that, so success for her wasn't multiple locations, wasn't hundred thousand dollars. It was the fact that she could be present with her children. That was her goal. What is your goal? And when you know your goal, then you can keep the keep the main thing, the main thing. The main. Because sometimes business, well, entrepreneurship is so it has some great benefits, but it also has some funny traits to it as well. 
you get hit up with a lot of opportunities because entrepreneurs are risk takers. They have a risk factor to them that, you know, so people love to say, I got an opportunity for you. I got something I want you to hear. Can you dial this 1-800 number? Can you join this call? If I did all of those things, I would never get to accomplish the thing that I am supposed to do. Right. And so I often tell people, you know, what is the opportunity? Because I can tell you without watching the webinar, coming to the class, eating the cheese and the crackers, I don't need any of that. You can tell me the opportunity in advance because if it does not align with my mission, it may be great. Maybe make, you know, people say, oh, they're making millions of dollars. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. But I need to keep the main thing, the main thing. But you can't keep the main thing, the main thing, if you don't know what the main thing is. If you don't understand your why, what, what is important to you? And that why, give yourself permission for the why to change. In the beginning, my why was absolutely, I had a revenue goal in mind that I need to hit by any means necessary, kids, get this McDonald's, get on the floor. <laughs> but now that, that why has changed. Timing means something to me. So understand your why and be flexible when your why has to change and let your business model grow with you. I love it, Marquita. I love it. And in your response, you were talking about your daughter, which is a great segue into um, my next question. Um, we talk about we're building these businesses, we're building these independent brands, um, but we have families and we have children that are modeling our behavior. So I know that your daughter got some of those no negotiation skills from you and um, she started her business, but let's talk about your business. What do you see in terms of uh, a succession plan for your business? Because I think that's one thing that people don't often contemplate. What does it look like? Do you want it to be an ongoing business beyond your lifetime or is it something that you're just doing right now? So let's talk a little bit about your succession plan. No, that, that is really good because I started probably maybe about seven years ago, adding that into the consulting practice when I talked to business owners. I um, mean, and obviously it grew as I grew from that standpoint. And so I heard Bishop Jakes, and I have to give him credit. He said, the only person that learns to fly a plane without landing it is a hijacker. Mm. He said, how are you going to land this plane? And I was like, man, that was good. Yeah. Because we, we often think about starting the business, but we don't think how it ends. How do you want it to end? And again, remember, I'm going to keep the main thing, the main thing, girl. So <laughs> how do you want it to end? And so for me, in the very beginning, I saw taking this company and passing it down to my kids to have it, to keep it in the family, because I understood from the standpoint of one of the wealth principles that every time a family has to start all over, they start that it takes them years, as opposed to if, envision a track. You know, I love track in school. I did short distances and I did um, um, different relay. Relay, there you go, thank you, the relays. And so that was 400 relay, even if I couldn't think of it, was my race. And so when you pass the baton, you have already got a momentum going when you come in and your goal is to not let up till you pass that baton. So that person, they're fresh and they go with it. But guess what? They didn't start back up the start line. They started where you stopped. So you know just by the mere fact of that, people can go further. So for me, that was what I was after. But here's the funny thing. You control you, but you don't control your children. Yeah, right? <laughs> that's right. So you can have a plan, but when it includes other people, you have to see if that in plan is going to work for them. So um, you remember how I told you the children were used to sleeping on the floor, coming to the tax office, they'd be crying, no, I don't want to go. And so because they had been so exposed to the work side of it 
and not the reward side of it. Well, they were exposed to, let's be clear, they were exposed to the reward side of it. They just didn't see that. They thought it was just a byproduct, but they didn't get to see the natural things of clients being successful, clients hiring people, their business. They didn't get to see that part. So naturally, once they started making decisions for their careers, I was like, okay, so who's going to be coming to the company to work? And one's like, I'm going to be a school teacher. I don't want any of that. <laughs> okay. Next one. What are you? You're coming. She's like, I'm going to school to be a tax attorney. So if that is as close as I can get to help you, because that other stuff's way too much work. So I'm like, wow. So what I had to do, because I'm still hopeful that the light bulb will come on for one of them. But what I had to do, in the, and then I have two, um, what I call bonus children, and they're very creative. They're very creative. They're with, with arts and things like that. So this part of it is not what they would want from that standpoint. So I was like, because I was looking for who's going to be the one? Who's going to be the one? And to be on, honest, right now on service, none of them, out of the four of them look like they want to do this. But what I've done is I looked at the employees that are with me that have walked this walk been on this journey. And I said, you know what, maybe this is a, a model that yes, I thought about passing it to children, but maybe I pass it to those who were labored among me so that they can then pass it to someone else. And their, their work is, they're really a team member. And so um, now the model is, because it's been adjusted, I'm still very hopeful for the one of the children to least suffer, to be honest. But um, in the midst of that, the model is, for those employees that uh, align and want to have their own branch to do that. And then there's other accountants that love being an accountant. They love the technician side of it, but the business side of it isn't their strength. I'm hopeful that I've, um, we may be in a position where we are able to um, have a joint venture and we can kind of combine that. That's a powerful way to increase your shares in the marketplace, that kind of thing. So that is the plan, the branches, me being the brand ambassador, uh, the rainmaker that from day one, that was what my strength is from day one, getting the business. That was the strength. And so I have, you know, got those technicians. And so I'm looking for that technician and I've got, um, I've got a strong person in the company that is, can do the technician, but she also can be the rainmaker. So, you know, that that's where it may be at. Cause you can have a plan, but when it incorporates other people, you got to see how that lines up. <laughs> Absolutely. I think, uh, you really hit hit it on the nail in terms of business owners thinking about how to land that plane. Because yes. um, one of the things that we know about life, um, it is um, you're here for a time and a season and then it will end. And so you wanna, if you're building a business, if you're investing into um, some type of labor of love, you want to uh, allow it to grow for as long as it can. And so I think, business owners need to think about that succession plan, uh, how to preserve what they've worked for. And so I'm glad yes. you incorporated that into your consulting. And I yes. want you as our audience to think about that as you're beginning to build or you're in the midst of building, building your brand, your companies. Think about that succession plan. And you know, something to go along with that, our company was approached a, a total of four times as of year to date by um, a very large a tax company that made an offer for me to, to sell the company essentially. And so I had to, the first time it came, it wasn't a blink, you know, it was like, ah, okay. Second time it came, it wasn't a blink. Third time it came, I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You got my attention a little bit. So I had to reconcile um, my why. 
-hmm. for some people and it's not a bad thing if you want to grow it and you want to you know fatten it up and make it nice and neat and sell it to someone that's a excellent so many people do that they have that business model that can be an excellent exit strategy for you that you sell it to someone and they take it i just talked about other accountants from that standpoint so that's an excellent strategy if you want that but for me it was important that um that it would stay in the it would stay in the control of small a small ownership i didn't want it to to go to that level from the standpoint um, where there wasn't a ability to be able to say i want to help this small budding small business where there were so many rules that i would have to eliminate the people who would have been me yes and you know, I, you know, to say, oh, we only service you unless you're X, Y, Z amount of revenue. I didn't want that. So um, that's why it made it, you know, the third, like I said, the third offer, I wasn't too sure. Fourth offer, once I had reconciled with that, I knew that wasn't the model that I wanted to go from that standpoint. And I was, you know, um, able to say no. So there are so many ways that you can have that company direction go. You can stay involved and hire people to run it and they run it and you're, you know, because there's a difference of working in the business and on the business. Those are two different things. Yes, yes, absolutely. And so I think that's a great segue into my next, uh, the next topic I want to address. So 2020 has been a, an interesting year. We've seen a lot of change, but we've seen a lot of energy around the space of um, inclusion and yes. racial inequities. We've seen um, racial tensions higher than we've seen. It's reminiscent of the 60s. And so I really want to yeah. talk to you about the significance of you being an African-American female business owner. What do you think that does for you personally, for your family, and for the community? Wow. Um, for me personally, it, allow, it gives me the ability to... Uh, be able to be a impactor in the, in the community. And I'm not saying I couldn't have done that as, as an employer, as an employee. I, I'm not saying I necessarily couldn't, but I don't know to the degree that I can do it now when I'm able to say, yes, I can sponsor your little league team. Yes, I can help with this. Um, that has given me the ability to do that beyond the customers. And, um, and that's so important, especially being African-American, because we have to help each other. We have, it's proven that when African-American company starts, that they're going to hire an African-American employee to somewhere in the midst of it. So now it's impacting the, your, 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 it's going to impact the community period because of that. Not necessarily saying you're being biased or anything like that, but just, it's just proven to be able to, to be able to help. And then depending upon where you live at, it's just so powerful. And then the resources that um, the vendors that you select I one day took one customer, this was, and he kind of brought it to my attention. He was a roofing business. He said, you know why I picked you? I said, why? He said, because you're an African-American business. He said, and I knew you're employed. And he said, if I hire her, what I'm going to pay her a month, will that allow her to hire another African-American vendor and pay them? You talk about the power of the dollar. Yes. How many times does your dollar go to another African-American business before it exits the African-American community. 
Well, that's only happens depending upon who you're doing business with. And so I've had people, and I told you, I love, I love being mentored and being a mentor. I've had people call me on the top carpet and said, listen, I'm doing business with you because of this. And I see that you hired this company to do something for you. I want to know how many other African-American businesses, because if not, I'm out of here. I've had people get in my face to that degree. And so it kept me accountable to make sure, okay, let me make sure that I am honoring their why in the company as well. And I'm being intentional because what they were after, that dollar came to me. Now my dollar would go to this company. Then that dollar would go to that company. They didn't want to see their dollar just go one time. They wanted to see their dollar circulate five to six times, right? From their standpoint. And so, uh, man, for me, that's the first thing. And then from a, being a, uh, with having daughters and, you know, I have a son as well, uh, like I said, bonus children, to let them see and be exposed to it's possible. Yes. Possibilities and mindset. Exposure is the greatest gift that you can give your children. Exposure. That we can give a lot of good, you know, we're coming upon Christmas time, all that kind of stuff. You can get a lot of stuff that you can package up, but exposure is one of the best gifts because it's a lifelong gift that they keep with them. And for them to be exposed in business, I hear them talk today. And um, I talked about my, my daughter who's very creative. She runs her own business. She creates and generates and puts blings on bottles and laptops. And she had, this is how she pays her bills with this because she was exposed to entrepreneurship. I, and she's my bonus daughter, but here's the thing. What if she wouldn't have been exposed to that? Maybe she would have thought, mm, I can't do that full-time and make money. She's doing that full-time, figuring out how to do different creative things. And she puts it out there and people buy it every day, all day, that exposure. So that is important. And then beyond just your family impact, the other people that come in contact with you, it's just a benefit. I get called on to do schools and and, um, you know, where the kids will ask questions and, you know, what do you do and how do you do it? And so because I was blessed and doors did open to be able to be a contributor on uh, Fox 4 and uh, KCTV 5 uh, news, um, typically monthly during the pandemic, I haven't been as much from that standpoint. And so they would see me from that and they'd be like, wow, you're with Girl on TV. And for them, they're, you know, they're the third grade and they're like, I saw you on TV. And so now to be able to be there, that's, you know, and then they look. They're like, you look like me. You're right here in my classroom. I don't think we will ever understand the power behind that. The power behind that. Um, that is just very rich. It's necessary. And I think we have to be intentional. And that was also another reason why I did not. I didn't know you was going to go there. So I just kind of worked around that. But the reason I decided not to sell to that, um, to not take that offer seriously, because I knew what that would mean was another business would exit from the minority um, role, because that would have been, I would no longer have been a minority business owner from that standpoint. This business would have been absolved into another company that was not a minority company. And so it's important that we have um, resources and services that people need. Um, I, I say, don't try to be the best black business, black business, try to be the best business and you just happen to be black. That's right. That's right. That's right. I, I think that that is, I think that that is so key, Marquita. And I know that there has been a lot of energy around the yes. recent elections. Um, but I think one of the things that is undeniable is uh, when uh, Senator Kamala Harris became vice president-elect. Yes. thought, you know, it was miraculous when Barack Obama became the president. But mm -hmm. when 
years later, you then see a female yes. African-American, and I don't want to discount her um, Southern Asian uh, heritage yes. as well. But when you see a woman of color yes. in the White House yes. uh, as vice president-elect, that's huge. But we can make those kind of impacts in our local communities as well. Right? Absolutely, because there's some that won't ever get to meet her face to face. That's right. The That's right. at your local school, man, they they'll be a, they will be enamored with her, admired her, but they she may not come to their classroom. You can come to their classroom, That's and for them to see, oh my gosh, you're the person that you know owns the barbershop. You're the person who owns the beauty shop. You're the person who makes has the ice cream truck. You're the person who owns the restaurant. They need to know that it's capable, it's possible, and it just will open their mind up to oh, open their mind to so many possibilities. The key word is is possibilities. When I saw the results of when, on Saturday of the election, that was my word. I not before before they even made their speech. It was I was like, it's the possibilities that just sprung forth for people yeah. from that standpoint to be able to reach. And you know, maybe it's not the goal of vice president, but whatever the goal is, everybody has a goal. Most A-type personalities, entrepreneurship, have a goal. And so you reaching your goal, is that equivalent? And so it's important for just the same um, requirements and expectations that we, we're going to put on her, that you know we're going to want to see her because that day is going to come too. We have to put that, we have to say, am I doing that? Am I stopping the pause um, to, you know, be a, be, to be a person who gives back and support? And so it is a... Um, it's a, you know, it's a very, we've, we've had some, we have an awkward space. It's very real, but I also will say this, um, that when you lack financial resources, you can get overlooked. Yes. And when people do not, when you don't, when, when a segment, a race of individuals don't understand their buying power, and then they're not intentional with their buying power, then you can't make the demands that you could have made. I can tell you now, oh, there's there's gonna be the next election, there will be some intentional marketing to African-Americans because of the results, because it it just, it, it, it the results spoke, the period it spoke, it spoke. And that's the same thing in business. When you're able to um, have your business and operate your business, you now can challenge the local politicians that to hold them accountable to say, you know what? I'm not giving to your fund if I don't see the following things. And so that helps you for them to pay attention. Would they not pay attention to you before? If, you are a if you're their major contributor, oh, they're gonna pay attention to what you have to say. And they're gonna show up when you need them to show up. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and while we took a little uh, slight political <laughs> turn, it, it's really relevant because we are talking about wealth. We're talking about building wealth and we're talking about the power of of the dollar and power of our buying power, not only our buying power, but our mm -hmm. power as business owners. It makes us influential. It makes us um, inspirational. Yes. And, um, it's, it's part of the legacy that we should yes. be willing and, and ready to leave. And so I just want to thank you, Marquita, for being on the show today. I want to thank this audience. I know I am so glad that I that this is recorded because I couldn't take as, as many notes as I needed to. She left us with some great, great tips. And I think the idea is just, this is a possibility. If you're really trying to build wealth 
uh, leave uh, or accumulate assets during yes. your lifetime, a business is one of those options. Yes, and, absolutely. And I just want you to know that it's possible, right? So yes. I guess that's the key for this, uh, yes. this presentation. It's possible. Do you have any parting thoughts you'd like to leave our audience? Well, I would just say to a lot of times business owners, it can, you can seem like you're in a lonely place. It can seem like at times that you don't have the support. Um, they may, it's financial or, you know, you feel like your friends aren't helping you or whatever the case is. I would just say to be encouraged, understand the value you have and understand who, what solution. Every business is a, provides a, is an answer to a question or problem or is a solution. And so, and once you do that, find out who your market is, because a lot of times I have seen businesses, um, when I say um, prematurely abort because they were discouraged that they felt like their village didn't have their back, people didn't support them. And I would say, you're talking to the wrong people. So it's like, you know, you're, you're wanting everybody to buy hamburger and you're we're hanging out with vet, uh, uh, vegetarians, right? You got to talk to the people that need your product. So don't get discouraged, just adjust, realign, reaffirm. But I can tell you, it is still a powerful time. It's a powerful time for entrepreneurship. Um, there's room for you at the table. Do not be confused about, oh, someone's already doing that. They're not doing it like you can do it. So you need to go out there and launch it. Now, I'm not saying foolishly to not understand what you're different. Remember I told you about the SWOT analysis, the strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, threats. You need to understand what you bring to the game. But don't allow, oh, they did it, so I shouldn't do it. Don't allow those things to stop you. Move forward. Take advantage of the resources. Ask questions. Make the calls. And I will say this part as well, just because we went to another side, is that everyone that looks like you is not for you. And everyone that doesn't look like you is not, is, doesn't mean they're against you. Because one of the first people that opened their uh, practice up to help me with my practice was a white lady by the name of Patricia. She was a tax accountant and she said, she was older than me. She said, okay, kid, I'm gonna give you the ropes. She said, come to my office. She said, you're not gonna, you can't afford the tax software I have. She said, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna license you. She said, I paid over $30,000 for this software. I was like, yeah, you're right. I can't afford that sister. She said, but I'm gonna give you a license so that you can do it. I'll, I'll Q&A your returns so I can quality check them for you to make sure you're doing them right and help you along the way. She did not look like me. Mm -hmm. Or and I don't even vote the same. But let me tell you, she was, and I called some people who look like me and I got no's. Do not be moved by the no, because sometimes people will see you as competition as opposed to seeing you as, um, you know, complimentary. And so she didn't see me as competition. She, she helped me. And now to this day, I get some of the customers that she, we swap customers. She's like, oh, I, somebody just went to you, I see. And, and it's not that kind of thing. We understand that business is free will. People have free will. You're not going to ever service the entire world anyway. And so, but I will tell you, because of that lady, mm. she helped me to start the company. She helped me to go through, to answer questions I did know. Um, she literally opened her office to me and said, here's my price sheet. This is how I come up with it. This is the classes. This is what you need. And she looked nothing like me. So don't get, don't get in the mindset of how you think the help's going to come where you think the hell is going to come from and how it's going to come about. 
just get moving. And, and as you are moving, everything you need, I promise you will come in alignment when you need it. But do everything, work. And people say, what can I do? Because I don't have enough money to get to the next. Have you done everything you can do at this level? And most of the time they tell me, no, I'm like, okay, well, until you have exhausted and you can do no more with your current resources, then I think you have not done, you're, you're making excuses. So do everything you can do with what you have. And I promise you, when you get to the next stop, the new set of resources will be there. So success is yours. Do it. Proud of you. I know someone caught an aha. I know someone was like, this is what I needed. And so go do it. And uh, we're cheering you on. Absolutely. Absolutely. Once again, this has been my Legacy Experience podcast, where we talk about all things estate planning. And today we've had uh, the wisdom of Marquita Miller Joshua um, as our guest. And thank you again. Uh, please stay tuned for other podcasts. We thank you for your time and go forth and build your legacy.